This show is part of the Miles Offside Podcast Network. Visit twitter.com slash milesoffsidepod for more information. And now, on with the show. To another episode of the Christian Pulisic podcast, where we talk a little bit of Kristen Pulisic and a whole lot of Kristen Pulisic. Uh, my name is Kristen Pulisic, also known as Kristen Pulisic, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Kristen Pulisic and super producer Christian Pulisic. Hello, gentlemen. How are we Pulisicking today? You know when you hear something so often that it just loses all meaning. Pulisic. Pulisic. I don't know. I still. I don't care about the accent or whatever. I think of it as Pulisic, and it makes me think of the feeling that promoted clubs get when they just need a bit more stability, and they just need that Pulis itch. Just got that Pulis itch. They need to scratch it. They need to get Big Tone in with his hat and his naked headbutts of David Myler or whoever it was. And no, that was Pardew. Pardew headbutted David Myler. Yeah, James Beattie, I think. James Beatty, there we go. <laughs> Are you uh, you feeling the Pulis itch over at Palace these days? Or? I mean, I'm feeling my liver abuse. <laughs> you always feel that itch uh, this this stage in the season, don't you? Palace never start well. You were so hopeful only two weeks ago. Yeah, no. Two life, short weeks ago. Life finds a way. Um, <laughs> I've got gin. This might not be a good idea, mm. but I'm going to drink it. And we'll see what happens. I don't really want to talk about football this week, guys. <laughs> well, I had purchased a whole six pack of like a good American Sam Adams lager to drink. Sam Adams. And I finished them before we even got here. <laughs> okay. So I'm all out. I'm fresh out. But you got me and you got my bandana and my sunglasses and you got my best effort A plus all day, baby. Let's go. <laughs> We should mention you are cutting quite the patriotic figure today. There's a definite Bruce Springsteen born in the USA vibe going on. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I bought this bandana at Walmart, like, for the 2014 World Cup, and I've never <laughs> washed it or untied it. It just, like, sits on top of my dresser for whenever the US is playing, and it's just getting progressively smellier and sweatier over, like, almost a decade now. <laughs> but um, uh, we are the Miles Outside podcast. That is our actual name, and we are going to go through our usual fixtures rundown, take a look at what happened this week, um, do some predictor games and things of that nature. But we will be starting off, as we always do, with rapid, rapid, rapid fire Christian Pulisic. I mean news. Rapid fire news. Uh, well, well, we'll start off with the big stories, gentlemen. Neymar has been left out of the PSG squad for the second week running. There continues to be speculation about his future, as there are stories that he is going to move eventually to Barca, or Madrid, or Munich, or insert 900 other teams here. Any pity for Neymar? Two weeks left out of the squad entirely? Neymar is a prick. That's, that's news. Hashtag breaking. I don't care for him. Well, if if he is going to go back to Barcelona, I mean, we bigged it up on the Twitter the other day about the fact that ITV now have rights to show La Liga in England, uh, which is all well and good, except for I watch on a smart TV and ITV does no show the football on the smart TV apps or the web apps. 
So that was good. And then I finally found a way, uh, let's say, to watch the Barcelona game. And it was probably one of the worst games of football I've ever seen. Um, Barcelona (laughs) looked absolutely dog shit and I couldn't tell which team that wears red and blue I was really watching um, because they both played shit and neither of them had Messi in there so um, I can kind of see why the appeal is that Neymar would go over there and they'd try and cause as many problems as possible yeah, I mean they have. We don't really talk about the other leagues and the European teams as much, but they really have been moving towards Brexit, in it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, that's why we support Burnley over here at this podcast. Uh, no, no we <laughs> just kidding. This week I kind of did. Um, Barca have been moving closer and closer to being like genuinely a one-man team for years now, and I think they finally like tipped over. And so with Messi being injured or off from summer duty, still with Argentina duty, not entirely sure why he wasn't there, but. They did not look good. And you would think that they could use the talent of, like, a, a ball progressor and passer who's really good, maybe of Brazilian descent, uh, maybe used to play for Liverpool. Who knows? I don't know. But uh, that takes us to our second story because Barcelona have agreed to allow Philippe Coutinho to move to Bayern Munich on a season-long loan deal. Do we think that Coutinho can get the magic back? It was only a few years ago that people were talking about him as one of the best young players in the world. He's going on loan? For free. Well, he's going for free? Yeah, I mean, they're paying his wages, obviously, but there was no transfer fee for the loan that I read about in my cursory glance at the news story that I had pulled up on my Chromebook a second ago. Um, And there's an option to buy at the end of the loan. He could have done a job. Like, how is there no English team that was like, fuck it, I'll throw 30 million pounds at Coutinho? Like, Barca would have taken it. No, Arsenal and Tottenham and... Probably Everton, I guess, were linked with him in the window. Um, but I suppose it's just that extra time and Barca still have like the FFP stuff to sort out. There's all the gripes with the Griezmann transfer from Atletico and obviously all the money they spent on him. So they kind of don't know what's going on there. Um, and obviously getting Neymar back after they sold him for £200 million isn't going to be cheap. Do you think things are just starting to reach a tipping point where things are just players are just so expensive wages are just so expensive that things are going to start grinding to a halt because only a couple of top top clubs can afford anyone either yeah either like grind to a halt or you will just get these things where players just go or you know you see the more often the run out your contract kind of thing and yeah. not play but you you have a bad season you're going to have to accept a wage drop aren't you i mean i don't know how how common are like five year deals these days i don't really know Seems like players sign two-year deals now. Yeah, especially once they start hitting those later ages. Yeah. Coutinho's only 27, man. Like, it, I just to me, it feels like he this move from Barca, where he's been rotting on the bench, to Bayern Munich for someone who was, like, undeniably one of the best young, talented players in the world a few years ago. He's in his prime age. I just think that, like, it's kind of weird. I don't know what else to say about it, like, really. I don't know. They just want to keep Dembele who I realised last night is not good. <laughs> and then, like, Frankie de Jong was all right, and then they all slag off Rafinha, but Rafinha's actually okay. Griezmann just looked all at sea and, like, he had never played football before. <laughs> um, with his hair, again, looked like David Luiz up front. I don't know, maybe Messi doesn't want to want Coutinho or there's some Brazil-Argentina beef there or some shit, but... 
Could be. They need to ditch. Oh, Suarez as well. Of course, they've got big yeah. fat Suarez. Um, <laughs> big fat lazy Suarez. And I, I'm with Ian. I do think that there's an increasing number of, like, in basketball, you call them the such and such is expiring contract. It's like a old player who isn't really playing, but they're expensive. And there are reasons to pick them up in basketball because of the salary cap. So, like, you pick up some expiring contracts so that that coming summer, you basically traded a really expensive player for a bunch of, like, free money or freed up funds in your budget. Um, and it does feel like there's some of the, like, an equivalent sort of thing happening in soccer with, like, you know, Ozil, Sanchez, a bunch of these, like, older unbelievably expensive guys who aren't getting minutes at their club and then like they can't get offloaded to anywhere else either because no one else can afford them so it's just like this is a weird thing that's happening i do think it's like something that might change the way transfers work i think maybe we will start seeing shorter contracts the way you said ian any player no matter what level they are is to a certain degree a punt i mean ozil is obviously talented but he's a punt <laughs> He's a massive punt <laughs> and it just hasn't worked out, has it? And any player can be like that with any club. So it feels like clubs, well, it feels like clubs have got to limit risk at some point, but that's, that doesn't seem to be in football club's vocabulary, does it? No, not right now. And it, it's hard to like ship off your old players to MLS when they're making 500000 a week. <laughs> China, baby. Yeah, China. Actually, China is a good answer. Uh, to keep it moving along, because this is nominally a rapid-fire news Never has segment. been, never will be. Never will be. Uh, the next story, one that is particularly annoying to me. Manchester City have been fined, but are avoiding a transfer ban for breaching FIFA's rules on under-18 signings. That, for the record, is the literal headline from the BBC website. That was not me putting a bias into the headline at all. <laughs> so, The exact same thing Chelsea did, <laughs> and they were fined... Three hundred thousand pounds. Whoa, that's big money. <laughs> what do I even fucking say about that? Three hundred thousand fucking pounds. That now makes uh, five big clubs that have been found guilty of the same fucking thing. Three of them got a transfer ban, but pushed back so they could get their affairs in order. City got the lightest fucking slap in the wrist in the history of fines. Please, they find three hundred thousand pounds in the fucking washing machine. And we got a two-window transfer ban that we're not allowed to appeal because otherwise they'll extend it. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Do you think maybe because Chelsea were like, look, we've got a shitload of players we want to get rid of, we actually want to start saving money again, that they just made up this whole transfer ban bullshit? Ooh, conspiracy theory Chuck coming out again. Actually, they got the same. They got like a 250 grand. Because who gives a fuck about Bertrand Traore? Like, honestly, can anyone pick him out of a lineup? Tell me where he plays for, <laughs> what position, how old he is now? Like, what the fuck, man? And so I think they they just did this out of convenience to then kind of do some workarounds, get a fuckload of money backed up for financial fair play. Because they're what, like, two hundred and fifty million pounds in the in the black for the transfer window just gone. Yep. And so, like, that net spend, baby. They sell like a couple more players <laughs> in January, and then they're coming at you with a like a three hundred million pound war chest next summer. Like, fuck that. Chelsea gonna go big, and so I just think it's bullshit. <laughs> I sure fucking hope so. Tax but evasion. Like, why? <laughs> To bring it back to this story, like, why even fucking find them at that point? $300,000? Yeah. Like, that's a joke. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, if I wasn't a Chelsea fan, I'd think it was funny too, so. <laughs> it's well funny. Fair enough. All right, to take it to a happy story here, we have Hendon FC, who play in the seventh level of English football's pyramid, are going to be giving free tickets for the whole season, I believe, if not indefinitely, to people with mental health problems, loneliness, isolation, and things of that nature, um, as obviously something that is near and dear to my heart, as that we've talked about sort of in the past. I have to say super round of applause and thumbs up and big ups to uh, Hendon FC, the now official 7th Division uh, <laughs> club of Miles Offside FC. Yeah, I'm down with that. Podcast. I'm down with them being um, our adopted lower league team. I mean, apart from Peterborough, obviously. But, you know, obviously, obviously, thank you. Um, let's hope they don't meet in, what, two, three years. Um, but no, it's absolutely fantastic that they're providing something for people and you know as we said when we when we put it out on twitter that especially for the kind of people who sometimes no one knows needs that help and as much as well especially after today football is fucking bullshit sometimes that (laughs) sometimes you just need that going out and forgetting about your problems to to cheer on 22 blokes chasing after a ball on a pitch. And so it's really great that Hendon are offering that support um, and giving people that opportunity to come down and be part of the club and um, kind of forget about their problems for a while. They're not claiming, you know, they're, they're also offering different methods of support, etc. but they're not claiming right. to, to be the complete solution to the problems, but just giving people a bit of a helping hand, which is which is nice. And to be honest, what we, what we need in the world nowadays is, is just more people being nice. Yeah, and speaking of people being sort of noble and good um, and more of what we need in the world, the final story of the Rapid Fire News this week, uh, there was a referee who stood up to a fucking crowd and actually did something about it, which is really nice to see. Um, French second division side AS Nancy could face disciplinary action after their match against Le Mans was stopped due to homophobic chanting by a section of fans. Um, so obviously, while on the one side being disappointing that there continue to be garbage fans at clubs all over the world, mm-hmm. um, it is kind of awesome to see, you know, the clubs and the referee and the sort of hierarchy of the actual football side of it taking a stand and, and really sort of doing something about it in real time, not just after the fact condemning them in press conferences, um, but like something actually happening in real time about it too, which is cool. This is literally... All you need to happen, and it will get killed in the stadium. You just need to stop the game. And this needs to happen way more often, be it racism, homophobia, whatever. And it will stop because people want to go and watch their football team. So this is is what needs to happen, and that referee did his job brilliantly. And so few referees do do that job when it comes to that side of it because we get a lot of... uh, you wait for reports afterwards, don't we, saying, uh, oh, the, the referee uh, claimed he couldn't hear any chanting or whatever, and it's like, well, the fucking mics picked it up, so the guy in the middle of the pitch could fucking hear it. So it's, uh, yeah, it's very good to see that, because that, that will stop it. It will stop it. Yeah, and, and it takes a courageous thing to do. Like, it seems like nothing to us, but, like, yeah. as we've seen from the, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but there's, like, rioting and stuff in South America. Um, there's, like, a big story about that at a soccer match and, like, actual injuries and stuff. Um, it can turn ugly if you yeah, like definitely. really antagonize a crowd, and so for the, especially like this isn't you know PSG at the Paris Stadium or whatever the name of their stadium is. This was like in the second second division, so like you know 
things can get a little crazier the further down you go. Hey, if it's people that are going to stand out in public and shout homophobic or racist abuse, then chances are they're the fucking dregs of society. So they're right, not above exactly. just punching a stranger in the place, face. But no, as as Ian said, I think you summarised it perfectly, mate, that the fact that you hear a referee stand up and do that in front of a crowd is, is fantastic. And, it, and it, it needs to happen more. Not that I'm saying it's an easy thing to do and an easy position for you to be in with tens of thousands of people around you. Just... You just ending all of that, but it's good as well that the league have supported all of this, and no one's shied away by pretending it didn't happen or oh, I didn't hear it, etc. So, yeah. good on ya. Kudos to that ref. All right, well that'll do it for rapid fire news. <laughs> have some confidence in what you're saying, Oscar. Yep. Let's get to the fixtures, and let's start off with the obviously most important one. This next segment is brought to you by our listeners in Virginia, where we love you and we actually have more of you than we do in London now, so shout out to Virginia. <laughs> Wait, what's the state code for Virginia? Uh, VA? VA! <laughs> I don't know, I'm really bad at that, actually. I was a guess. We love you, Virginia. USA! USA! We had Christian Pulisic making his debut. That's why it's brought to you by Virginia, because they're American. It's not his debut, he's already played. His home debut slash full debut starting in the lineup. Amazing amount of disrespect for the Super Cup there. The Super Friendly. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the Super Cup. <laughs> oh, yeah, because that happened after uh, we recorded last time. We, he wouldn't be saying oh, yeah, that if right. they won it. He wouldn't be saying that if they won it. Oh, please. You know me. I wasn't saying how the Europa League was great after we won the Europa League either. I still don't give a shit about it. Although, since you brought it up, it was nice to see us actually go toe-to-toe with Liverpool for 120 minutes. That was cool. Which you did. You certainly did. Yeah, you did. Yeah. But then you remembered that Tammy Abraham is cursed. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, let's go to this weekend's result, which was Christian Pulisic 1 and Leicester 1 <laughs> at Stamford Bridge. <laughs> no, come on. Don't be disrespectful to the young English fucking player. Yeah, no, no, no. I get a big day for Chelsea in a lot of different ways. Frankie making his... Big match debut back at the bridge after years away and first time as a manager, obviously. Uh, Mason Mount making his Stanford Bridge debut as well as Pulisic. He was not the only one today. And Mason Mount obviously scoring on his home debut uh, 14 years after joining the club at the tender age of six years old. No wonder they got the transfer ban. They're paying for six-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> Tapping up six-year-olds. You might, don't do that. You can get you can get a lot worse than a transfer ban for that. Well, that was 14 <laughs> years ago, so, you know, different times. No, it wasn't different times. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh, this is going off the rails. Chelsea won, Leicester won. Don't try and do the score again so that we cut that bit out. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not trying to cut. Um... I'm feeling good, guys. I'm feeling fucking great. And it's not just the six patriotic American beers that I drank. <laughs> Samuel Adams. We should get sponsored by Sam Adams. I like a Sam Adams. Hey, you know what we should get sponsored by is Premier League in the USA and Chelsea in the USA. Both of those official Twitter accounts liked my tweet. I'm going viral. I'm an influencer baby in my shiny new Pulisic jersey <laughs> that I got yesterday at an American store <laughs> called We Got Soccer. Not We Got Football, We Got Soccer. Shout out to We Got Soccer and that worker that I was talking to yesterday who may or may not have taken my recommendation to listen to our podcast <laughs> starting this week. Yeah, We'll easily be able to see if there's one more listener. Don't worry about it. 
Uh, it was really nice actually being out and among the people. You know, I I think the people, like, your people. When I was my people, yes, our people. When I texted like our group chat yesterday, and I was and I every time I get in New Jersey, I get like obviously super hype and excited and i'm always texting you guys and i always kind of get the sense that you guys are like so you bought a shirt why are you so fucking excited i don't understand um but like from the american perspective and i think a lot of our american listeners will relate to this we obviously don't get to go to the games ever so a big part of how we engage meaningfully with the team is by like going out and like declaring your love by repping your team by getting a jersey by buying some merch and by talking to people when you're at the stores and stuff. So being at like a soccer exclusive store yesterday, there was a ton of people buying Pulisic jerseys. And there was like kids walking around in their Chelsea jerseys. And like the the guys who worked there were like, oh, Pulisic's playing tomorrow. How cool is it going to be? Like, it was really nice to remember that like that there's like a really tight knit community basically among Premier League fans. And it was cool to be out there and like and engaging with that. And so like that's what buying a jersey means to me more than just like, oh, cool, I got a new shirt. Yeah, I yeah. can see that the sports culture, the sports culture in, in the States in general is different because it's far less aggressive. And wearing a team shirt out is more of like a like an invite to a conversation almost like, you know, you see people having conversations between the two different teams and supporting and no drama. Whereas like here, if you wear it, you just kind of get looked at like a scumbag. Or what have you? And uh, I remember so the last two seasons where I've been in the states for the end of season, um, when I think when we beat Hull on like the thirty seventh game week, I wore my Palace shirt out that day and was walking around like Disney in Florida, and there were American people coming up to me and going, "Hey, great result today!" Like, well, no, like, really? talking, and it's yeah, yeah, it's and it's just com- yeah, that's how it goes down. It really is like it's that. just a completely different impact so so i can understand why like you're there and i mean obviously they're all wearing chelsea shirts you weren't you in a chelsea shop no it was a there was like every club spanish german premier league and like i had you know you you there is a camaraderie amongst fans where even like an arsenal fan would come up to you and be like you fuckers you better not blah, blah you know like it's a it's like a we are brothers in this even if we have our own differences within that yeah. like and then you say, shut the fuck up, Arsenal bitch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fucking David Luiz stealing prick. Ugh, that was unpleasant. <laughs> Should we talk about the actual football? It was a weird match. Did you guys catch the match? Did you happen to see Chelsea Leicester? Do you have any thoughts on it? Leicester definitely went for you. I mean, they, they didn't sort of sit back at all. Madison looked very tasty. Could have scored a couple, to be honest. Yeah, hearts and mouths there are a lot of it. I think both teams, um, our announcer, the American network announcer, kept saying that it's like a last few rounds of a heavyweight fight where they're just not, they don't, their arms aren't up. They're just throwing haymakers yeah. left and right, left and right. It did have like a ridiculous back and forth kind of feel to it. Um, entertaining is all hell. Chelsea barely, barely edged the XG, but they both round to the nearest hole number 1-1. One, one, so it's a fair result, I felt like. And on the, on the eye test, it looked like a draw was a fair result as well, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, it passes the eye test for sure, the XG, which is nice when that happens because, as will be a running story for the rest of the fixtures <laughs> this week, the XG and the eye test and the real reality of the outcome will be very different. Um, but this was a 1-1 that felt like a 1-1, and it was entertaining as fuck to watch. Obviously, I would have preferred if we won. But uh, to me, at least, like I said last week, you know, it's patience season and trying to find the happiness and there was plenty of cool things to get excited about and be happy about today. I don't know. I think especially it was all set up like 
Frank's first game at Stamford Bridge. Mason Mount scores the opener early in the game. Chelsea dominate. It was... Everything was set up to lay down the perfect statement for, no, last week was an absolute blip and that's not how we're going to be and you should show faith in us playing younger players and the transfer ban doesn't fucking matter and this new manager who's a club legend in. It was all set up that way and I was kind of following along the stats. Um, I wasn't watching the game and Chelsea early on had like 90% possession and it was Yeah, the well. first half hour was yeah. all us. Yeah, and then I text you on about the 60th minute just saying, oh, the stats seem to say like, oh, Leicester are getting back into this game massively. And then lo and behold, about five minutes later, they, yeah. they score and Chelsea do nothing just after Giroud was brought off and the cursed Tammy Abraham was brought on. And why the fuck isn't Batshuayi playing? <laughs> and if he's not playing for Chelsea, then why doesn't he just play for Palace? And why don't you just fucking pricks, like, let us have a striker? And, yeah. You all right there, mate? Yeah, yeah, fine. Cool. Yeah, I think you're right. After, um, the, I think Sky put up at some point after the break in the last 10 minutes, Leicester had had like 71% possession. They certainly came mm-hmm, out mm-hmm. looking for it, you know. I think there's kind of two things going on there. I think... One of them, and I think this will be sort of probably the story of Chelsea's season in a lot of ways, we seem to play to the level of our opponent. And that's not uncommon for like a young, talented, but inconsistent team. So when we played Liverpool, we rose to the level of Liverpool and and went toe-to-toe for 120 minutes. Last week, we obviously lost 4-0, but we were pretty even, I think, all things considered, with United. Everyone said it wasn't a 4-0 game. It wasn't. But yeah. ultimately, And then that's today, we were dead even. I would put all three of those at approximately a draw. Um, and obviously, those are three very different levels of quality and skill and play. Um, but I also think, I do wonder to what effect, like, a lot of this lineup did play 120 minutes or 90 minutes just a few days ago and had played last weekend as well. So, like, you know, we came out super strong and then got tired as the game went on. To me, there seems to be like a pretty obvious reason why that might have been the case, but I but probably I think it's more the first thing. I do think that like we're just going to play to the level of our opponents and let them back into games. I think that's going to be a running theme. But but it was like Pulisic was exciting. He almost scored twice. Mount did score and almost scored another one. Mount looks like he's going to have no problem settling into the Premier League at all. He really no is sitting in that role really nicely. I don't think he's going to have any problem at all. You're going to have once. Hudson, once you get a fully-fledged squad back from injury, you're going to have a lot of interesting um, mm. you know, squad battles going on for who gets positions and Ross stuff. Ross Barkley must just be so pissed off. <laughs> well, it's his own <laughs> fault. Mason Mount is so good. It's his own fault. Yeah, to be fair, he should just be better. Mount was definitively better too. Anyway, let's move on. I don't want to get stuck on Chelsea too long. We do get accused of being a Chelsea podcast sometimes. I think that's just... Who the fuck says that? <laughs> Chuck will fight anyone who says that. I'll fight anyone. <laughs> Full stop. But the other thing we get accused of being is a palace pod. No, we're fucking not. Sheffield <laughs> 1, Crystal Palace 0. Even when Chuck doesn't want us to be. Yeah, I know, despite everything else. 1.9 to Sheffield, XG. What? 0.2 to Palace. <laughs> oh! Spoiler alert, Chuck didn't watch this game, so he's only finding out how bad it was now. All I know is the score. <laughs> 0.2 XG, Chuck, it did not Wait, look what? good. What? Did you just say 1.9 to 0.2? Chuck, when you yep. see this, your lack of opportunities in front of goal was disgusting. Just really, awful. really alarming. I mean, I already saw like 
the substitutions and just thought, oh, good, this week he's playing Benteke and Wickham. <laughs> like, at least last week it was a straight swap for someone who can't fucking score, but this week, oh, great, two out of 11 can't fucking do it. They uh, they did get one shot from inside the oh, box. Oh, good, one so shot! A few from outside, but, uh, but you're point two xg Honestly. Uh, gotta get, you know what, though, like, Palace and jokes and making fun of Chuck aside, um... Got to give some credit to Sheffield here, right? I think Huge that's amount. fair. Their, their system seems to be working. Exactly. It oh, was no, very ho- much their system on, that led... Hold on. I will not accept that. I will not, you, don't, you don't get to say... If if it works against Palace, that doesn't mean it works. <laughs> that doesn't... That means shit. You cannot take any insight from this Sort match. of works against Bournemouth as well. But again, Bournemouth can't defend. Bournemouth... <laughs> and it's just... An they only anal- have to be... Analogous... They only have to get results against the Bournemouth and the Palaces of this world, and they're staying up. Yeah, you're describing 14 teams in the league. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's just so bollocks, because this is what happens every fucking season. It's like the games that we should win, and you're like, oh, well, we look back, we could have got more from that, and oh, if we'd have done that from this game and done that, we'd have finished on 75 points, because we'll still somehow manage to beat City at the Etihad again, <laughs> and then we'll beat Spurs, and then like we'll get like a one or a late, 2-2 draw with Chelsea and then maybe draw with Man United but then it's like Sheffield, Norwich and fucking Newcastle will just make it rain with points and fuck them all off <laughs> you do make it tough for yourself and it's bullshit and it, oh, we suck point two <laughs> it, yeah don't, don't watch it just don't watch it Chuck yeah no but I, I did I did want to shout out Sheffield's goal though like genuinely yeah. because it was that weird thing where the center back went wide and then crossed it into the fullback who had cut in inside of him. That like it, it, it like it's weird and teams aren't not figuring it out yet. I saw that and it made me think we shouldn't. We should just try and give United a hundred million back and get Wan Bissaka. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> because that was just a. Uh, that's why Joel Ward cost four hundred grand and we bought him eight years ago. <laughs> because he just got turned inside out by a defender who's playing as I don't even fuck. <sighs> He's a a wing center. Yeah, what we, we might have to come up with a new. That's not even a thing. Yeah, it's fucking weird. Yeah, a, a new position. Uh, you're getting skinned by a defender. You're a defender, and you're getting skinned by a fucking defender because you're spinning round and you're out of position, and the rest of the team's fucking shit. Uh, and not even a defender the way Alonso's a defender in, as you idiots would say, inverted air commas or some shit, right? Air quotes, in fucking quotes. Alonso's not really a defender, so he can, like... <laughs> no, Alonso should just play as a winger. Right, that's exactly. Just so when he blows past you, that's sort of acceptable. But this is like a hulking English center back from the championship who's, like, destroying your right back. <laughs> Love it. Uh, well, Chuck, you know what? If you want to feel a little bit better, though, you should know that you guys were not the lowest XG of the weekend. Great. The lowest XG of the weekend was Tottenham 0.1 to Manchester City's 3.2 at the Etihad. God bless Finishing 2-2 on the scoreline. So Tottenham have done a Burnley to City. These are the first points that Manchester City has dropped since January 29th. Um, leading up to this game, they've only been behind in that run from January 29th to now for a total of 86 seconds they've been trailing in a game. Who did they play on January 29th? Um, Newcastle. 
Newcastle? Newcastle. 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 Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how great is that? How great? I honestly, like, the Chelsea fan in me is pissed because I need Tottenham to be dropping points, but fucking hilarious that they got two goals out of point one. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty fucking special. I mean, the Lamella goal was awful. Awful goalkeeping. You know, there's a reason why everyone's standing off him at the edge of the box because they're just like, ah, he's not going to do anything. And then he plays the shot in and it doesn't have pace. It doesn't have placement. And so my my <laughs> only assumption can be that Edison thought he was going to have to dive really far. And then when he <laughs> went to dive, he realised how close the ball was and then misjudged it and went, oh, fuck. And just had a brain meltdown, and that, because the ball pretty much goes into the center of the goal. Yeah, it had a bit of curl to it, but it was a horrible, horrible goalkeeping like performance. My son's a goalkeeper, and we were watching that match. And as soon as that goal went in, I was like, "All oh, that he really should have got to that." And Finley was like, "Oh well, I don't know. It looked like." And I was like, "You goalkeepers joined the goalkeepers union, union yeah, already, the union. haven't you? <laughs> Unbelievable! Straight in the union without he just naturally went into it without and just defending a goalkeeper. I was like, "No, mate. If that was you, you should have got to that. I'd have been fuming." At is that, that. What, is what you're saying? Is then therefore that Finley's should we say a less than good goalkeeper? <laughs> <laughs> is that why he's defending that? Because he knows he would make that. We're going to the park quite regularly, so as I can fire shots at him. Yeah. Got to get his, got to get his chops up. Uh, so the man of the match award here going too far. Um, Tottenham's <laughs> best player against V-A-R. City. V-A-R. Oh God! So that handball rule, that new handball rule, is pretty good, right? I don't know. It's it's a weird one because this is this is kind of the only one, right? Where when people have said VAR is shit for um, the encroachment and all these things, and it's actually been exposed in the rules. That this is a rule that's been brought in, yeah, specifically for this season, yeah. and is only being policed by VAR. So this is kind of the the chink in the armor of the whole thing. That it's like, no, this is where the shot can be fired because you didn't need to bring this rule in. Yeah, yeah. Because in in a fast paced environment where you sprint fast, beat your man, jump up to head the ball, misjudge it head past it, and then as it's passing through, strikes your hand that you had no idea about. That can't be some sort of infraction. No, like, it's it, really it bad. It doesn't make really, sense. Really, really bad. And, and the fact that it's not even that that's the offence, that you what you do in that situation, if you handball it, well, handball is now subjective. It's that you can handball it, and then you have to wait to see what happens afterwards. And then if what happens afterwards is a goal, you stop. It's not like you don't have that with like a two-footed tackle to the knee. Like there's no way anyone plays advantage on that right, or right, with right. head injuries. You don't wait to see what happens and then bring it back for whatever. Yeah, that sort of only becomes handball because it went in the net. Yes. And I think they put yeah. this rule in place specifically to try to like ease with the implementation of VAR for the first time. Like that was, to me, that was the thinking behind it, right? Because they were like, oh, well, now it's, you know, same as offside. Like now it's black or white. Did it touch his hand? Then it's disallowed. But it's not, but that's the problem. It's not black or white. Because well, it is with the new rule, because if it touched his hand. No, no, because it's not. Because if Laporte had handballed it and then someone had cleared it, it wouldn't have been called back for a free kick. Or if Jesus had shot 
oh, is it a goal scoring opportunity or just a goal? I think it's anything just a goal. leading up to a goal. Yeah, so if he'd have shot and if it had gone out, then it would have been a goal kick. Yeah, well, that's it. That's because that's the other thing. Like people get people are getting up in arms about the and it becomes a stick to beat it with the clear and obvious error thing. And I'm doing inverted commas, um, but every goal gets reviewed for VAR. But it's not for it's not looking for clear and obvious errors. It's looking for any infraction, be it handball, offside, right. every goal mm. gets reviewed straight away. But only other incidents are other incidents are only reviewed if it's a clear and obvious error. Right, right, right. So I mean that that Laporte thing that would never get pulled up. Like Chuck says, that would never get pulled up anywhere else. No, that's not a clear and obvious error because it's not it's a clear not... and obvious error. But because a goal happened, it gets minusculely looked at by VAR very quickly. Hopefully. And it has been quick. I will say that it has been quick, noticeably faster than the first week, to me at least. I wasn't sitting there with a stopwatch or anything. That's just, you know, no. anecdotal. But it did seem faster to me this weekend than last weekend. This is just, to me, another example of, like, VAR highlighting how stupid the rules are. This is probably worse because, like, they changed this rule specifically for this year to address things with VAR. And that's what I mean, and it's kind of the fundamental one where it's like, no, this is the flaw now that it's they've put something in on top of another. The fact that yes. oh, because we can look at it now in super slow mo, we can see if there is something like Willy Bolly last week for the Dendonka goal um, for Wolves. He didn't have a fucking clue what was happening there. Laporte for that goal didn't have a fucking clue what was going on there. So why can't they have it? Why can't they just have the handball rule as it was Yeah, when it is intentional and fairly obvious? Because you can't say that at that pace and the whip of the ball that Laporte goes in with the intention of, right, I'm going to put my arm here and I'm going to pretend to miss the header and then it's going to hit my arm and then what's going to happen after that, it's going to hit my leg and then it's going to bounce up perfectly. That's, that's not in any no. way what is going through in the mind. If you have something like, um, uh, I'll use an example with Palace last year when we played Arsenal and Lacazette jumped up with his arm above his head yeah, to then mean that he beat the defenders and punched the ball across to the back post where I think then Aubameyang scored. That should be ruled out for VAR. That makes sense to me. But jumping, going to head, it bounces slightly doesn't even travel that far, so it's not like a punch or a huge deflection. Yeah, no, like, no, I barely moved it either. Yeah, come on now. It is, it, it is ridiculous. I, I, I fully agree with that. They're in trouble now because they're going to have to apply it for the whole season. They're not going to be able to review this no, until the No, and they the can't the change season. the rules. It is the rule, though. Like, that is the rule. They did it correctly. It's a stupid rule. No, 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 I get that, but they're not going to. What I'm saying is, they're not going to be able to change that handball rule. No, they're stuck with this stupid rule for the rest of the year. Yeah, it yeah. is going to be a natural equilibrium that needs to occur, right? It's like they put a 10 kilogram weight on a spring and it dropped, but it's going to sort of bounce and bob up and mm. down until it yeah. finds that. I mean, they can they can still point. ease up on it because don't you remember a couple of seasons ago when all of a sudden they they said they were going to toughen up on um, shirt pulling and stuff in the box. And they never fucking did. And well, no, they did. And Everton had about four penalties given against them in three weeks. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, they just stopped giving them because they were like, because this is what happens with referee directives: is that they come out and they do get given a quota of you've been given a lot of yellow cards, you need to ease up. You've given a lot of fouls for this. 
and they realise that they're given a lot of fouls for this, which is perceived as a silly thing, and then they they just stop. Yeah, they do. You, you're right because they do have sort of briefings all the time, don't they? When well, they're being, you know they're humans just like the rest of us. You know, your boss will come in and be like, "All right, you know what? We need to do such and such thing," and then everyone in the office does it for two weeks. And then fucking forgets about it and moves on to the next thing. And it's like, all right, well, now we're really focusing on, you know, like, that's just having a job, isn't it? Yeah. Should we stop talking about it now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> VAR's still good. It's just the application of this law. It's going to be, it, all the laws are shaky and it's going to be a, a rough transition. But I continue to hold to the idea that VAR is just highlighting that. Yeah. Within the rules, the right thing happened. Right. Exactly. Exactly. All right, well, let's keep it moving because we do have a couple other sort of interesting fixtures to talk about. Uh, And I don't mean Brighton 1, West Ham 1. Thank you. (laughs) Come on, Trossard. Uh, FPL gold. Continuing to move backwards along the timeline, we had Liverpool 2, Southampton 1. But the interesting story here... Oh, fuck. Fuck. I forgot. Fucking fuck. You've reminded him that Adrian did that. And meant that his triple Liverpool defence went very badly in fantasy Premier League. I genuinely forgot about that. Yeah, well... And he didn't even have the carrier's concussion to blame on that. That's just... Well, if it makes you feel any better, it should have been a worse result for Liverpool because it was 1.9 Southampton to 1.5 Liverpool on XG. So they literally lost on XG to Southampton. This is the team that's supposed to challenge City for the title, like... Come on, now second week of the season, title race over. Done. Call it. With Liverpool first. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that, because Liverpool are first and Arsenal are second. Well, Liverpool are in first, but I'm saying they did worse than Southampton. South fucking Southampton. They're not good. <laughs> like Liverpool should be concerned that they not only conceded 1.9 XG to Southampton, but also only generated 1.5 against Southampton. Yeah, right? but you got to remember... They had that. They had to travel to Istanbul for that bullshit friendly as well. Fine, fair enough. And they, although they had, that was weird. They had like two days more before Chelsea, but one day less after. But one day less after, yeah. So yeah. what? The game was on Wednesday. Yep. So in three days, they've had to recover for a game and fly from Istanbul, and then get G'd up to play Southampton. I don't. Uh, I don't know. I don't really read too much into that. You say about matching your opponent with the way Chelsea played. Like, I think that was just Liverpool doing that, going, fuck it. 80% of us used to play for them. We know what they're about. <laughs> but so, like, to me, though, that's exactly a, a problem of ambition, though, right? Because, like, Liverpool are supposed to be competing across many fronts. And this is not going to be the only time in the season that they have to turn around in three days. They should have enough squad depth and they should have a good enough team that they can handle playing Southampton on a slightly short rest cycle and still beat them, which they did. But like, that was more of a fluky win than a sort of win that you would expect. Mane's goal was fucking delicious. Yeah. That, that, I mean, if, if Mane's firing, he can, he can match Salah. No problem. And if they are both firing, then Liverpool might be okay, but they don't look great at the back. And yes, it could be tiredness from a quick turnaround, but like Oscar says, they're going to have to put up with that. They haven't got a huge amount of strength in depth in defence, so they're going to have to live with it. And Norwich gave them problems last week. Southampton, like you say, did better on XG. If you watch the match, it was like 
Southampton can be rightly aggrieved at that result. And I mean, that's not good when you're you're talking about Southampton and Norwich and no, sort of and even like through. you know, come on, you Chelsea and keep the blue flag flying high and whatnot. But like Liverpool should be better than us. They should not. We shouldn't be able to go toe to toe with them. I love Chelsea, but we, like especially without Hazard now. Yeah, at the minute. Yeah, yeah, but in a friendly, you can't you can't on the one <laughs> hand say that that game is a massive friendly. Both and teams then... were interested though, Chuck. Both teams were interested. Come on. Yeah, that's I don't give a shit, and it is a bullshit friendly, and I agree, and that's why I don't care about the result. But insofar as it was a game that Liverpool wanted to win and set out their best possible squad to do that, and we stopped them. We didn't. Until penalty kicks. <laughs> <laughs> we went... Anyway, that's that's. I'm not trying to spin this in the Chelsea way. I'm saying Liverpool yeah, yeah, yeah. should be better than Chelsea, yeah. should absolutely be better than Southampton, and should be better than Norwich. So that's three games into the season now that, like, I think they're in first place on the table, but they've underperformed, or they have not... They performed in a way that doesn't fill me with confidence. I mean, this might be a thing of not performing great and still getting results. That's what champions do, apparently. So maybe, maybe this will, maybe they'll be all right. But mm. they've got to get past Arsenal next week. And then, what is it, Burnley, Newcastle, and then they face Chelsea. So it's a bit up and down for the next four fixtures. Yeah. But, I mean, they've got to raise their game, I think, for Saturday against Arsenal. And speaking of Arsenal, that's the other sort of interesting fixture, just to keep it with top six. We had Arsenal 2, Burnley 1, but... Arsenal 1.2 on XG to Burnley's 1.1. So speaking of another team that should be, that's getting results, but should be concerned with the underlying numbers, Arsenal gave up 1.1 to Burnley at the Emirates. And that's after, what, generating like 0.9 against Newcastle the week before? See, match of the day that I was watching use a different XG model, evidently, because they had Burnley outperforming with like a 1.9, I think. Yeah, there's different ways of calculating it. You know, non-shot XG, shot XG. Yeah. A lot of the models are proprietary, so the probabilities are slightly different. Kaylee had it at 1.3 dead even, um, just looking at the different ones. Either way, though, like, Arsenal against Newcastle and against Burnley have not looked particularly good. No, watching it, I mean, I don't I don't get into the stats or anything, but it felt like a good 60, 66% or whatever of the match was played in Arsenal's half. I mean... yeah. Burnley really did sort of take it to them attacking-wise. Um, and they look shaky. I mean, Arsenal's sort of shining light was their new sign-in. Uh, how do you pronounce it? Sabayos. Sabayos. He looked really good. He looked amazing. Especially at yeah. 5.0 in FPL. 5.5, uh, five, five, I think. But yeah, still oh, five, five. Yeah, amazing value. Yeah, definitely. Still worth knowing, again, on loan. So Yeah, he's on loan from Madrid, though. I didn't realise he was on loan. If that's anything to go by, they're going to look to make that permanent, surely. Yeah, he's basically Kovacic a year later. Yeah. He was he was really the only shining light there, I think, from an Arsenal perspective. I'd be curious to get like an Arsenal fan's perspective on it. I wonder if they're riding high because of the results, or if, as usual, they're overperforming their underlying numbers early in the season indicates uh, you know fall later on. You say that he was the only shining light, and player-wise he might have been, but they can maybe be encouraged by the fact that Emery made team changes that seemed to shuffle things around and seemed to get them moving a little bit. I mean, Aubameyang was pretty anonymous in the first half when he was yeah. playing. Was he playing out on the right? Yeah, he was playing on the right wing. Yeah, and then after the break, they changed him to the left, and in the last 20 minutes, he seemed to be playing through the middle. Yeah, um, Emery's always been good at that, though. 
Yeah. Like, I'm sure Arsenal fans can back me up on this and say that in the first half, I think they were, the first half of games last season, they were one of the worst teams in, in the entire league. Like, yeah, I think they were in like 19th place if it was only first halves. Yeah. And first place if it was only second halves, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That was a great And start, they, yeah. they won all their points and goals everywhere in the second half. And it was crazy. They were like, they were the opposite of Palace. Palace, it would have been if all the games had ended at half time, they'd have been fifth in the table or something like that. But yeah, that's so. So he's good at that and that reactive kind of play. But you just hope that he brings more kind of stability that they know about the opponent more beforehand. And so I wonder if that's in their prep and the, and the yeah. way they look at teams. But Aubameyang did, like you said, he he played well and then got a great goal um, towards the end. And Lacazette's strength for for his goal was was fantastic. Like he had two Burnley defenders on him, leant back, pushed him off, still stayed on his feet, didn't try and go down for a penalty like a lot of players would. And then just... a lot of Arsenal players would. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's not something you usually associate with Arsenal players, is it? Mm-mm. Strength on the ball and being able to hold them off. Although but... now with with him and with Louise there too, Louise is fucking will not be moved if he doesn't want to be. He'll throw elbows or whatever. Is... Yeah, he was getting about a bit as well. Yeah, that hurt to watch. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, you would you would think this far into his tenure that Arsenal fans would want Emery to know what his best lineup is and like know how to. He would doesn't need to adjust at halftime. Uh, Lampard is obviously all over the place right now. He doesn't know what his best lineup is. He doesn't know the best formation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. If a year from now it's game week two of next year and Lampard still doesn't know what his best formation and lineup is and is still chopping and changing every single week, I would be significantly more worried and angry about it. Yeah. So, like, at what point is it, like, okay, fine, you're recovering, but, like, get it fucking right from the first, from the starting lineup? Or are they just happy to keep getting results? Although there was also, you know, that thing with Ozil and Kalasinac, who we mentioned last week, and perhaps they were going to feature a lot more, and then he's got to change, and... Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, maybe it's hard to know. That's true. It's a factor. Not to excuse it because it's still Arsenal, but... All right, well, something to keep an eye on, I guess. It seems like the results this weekend were definitely weird, but entertaining, which I think is a good summary of the weekend. Um, but let's move on to some, like, predictor games and stuff, right? We have a lot to check in on. Predictor League! Ah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have... Wait, let me click on the right tab... Do do this one, this one. Yes, I have actually updated it. And um, <laughs> shock horror, we're all still massively wrong. <laughs> That's fair enough at this stage. Yeah, it is. Um, it's good for you to say that, Ian, because you are currently in the relegation zone. Yep. Well, I think anyone who anyone who's at the top now will be nowhere near at the end. I'm putting my put my house on that now. As someone who is supporting a club that is currently in 15th place and behind Crystal Palace, I can agree that the table should not matter this early in the season. <laughs> That's my only consolation that still, after an absolutely fucking dog shit week, Chelsea couldn't close and we're still above you in the table. <laughs> Look at you with your minus five goal difference. Yeah. No, minus four. Minus four, sorry. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. You need You need Wolves to drop to a minus five tomorrow to then yeah. oh yeah it should be said we have not seen man united Wolves. we are recording on sunday about an hour after the chelsea match finished so well it's about four hours now we've been recording so long but <laughs> standard so yeah um not really much to check into there's not much change uh, apart from oscar is now in third 
Um, Momo FPL in second on 88 and uh, Big Sam Danby um, in 82 points at the top. He'll be nowhere near. Nowhere near when it comes to the close. I'm I'm tying with Adam P, so there you go. Yeah. Good lord. Yeah. <laughs> Finley's beating like me and Ian. You need to sort your son out because I'm not he, gonna lose to Don't worry, he put Newcastle way too high. I cautioned him severely on it. Um but yeah, he put Newcastle way too high. And you when, know they're gonna finish like tenth now, right? <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. Uh, but when Norwich beat him this week, Norwich. Oh yeah, can we can we shout that out actually? Yeah, but a bit of pookie love. Timu Pookie, Pookie Pookie. Um I mean, first of all, well annoyed, uh, because did that classic thing of the fact that we spoke about him like across our preview uh pods and then I mean I didn't put him in my FPL team. No, I didn't either. He's in mine. Is it? My FPL team's going along quite nicely so far, I gotta Did say. Did he play? Did you put him in the in the Yeah, lineup? I had him as vice captain though. Vice captain? I had the captain on him for a few days and then I chickened out and put it back on Salah. Oh. Really disappointed. That's painful. But yeah, I did that classic thing of having a good idea and then just not sticking with it. And then I was debating between him and Josh King. So obviously I went for Chris Wood. (laughs) Um, Oscar, did you get him in because uh, on my Patreon FPL podcast I made him my weird pick of the week? No, I've had him since day one. Oh, right. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You are, I have to say, you are the reason that I changed my armband Listening to your stupid thing, I was like, God damn it. If he captain Salah and I don't, he's definitely going to catch up to me. Oh, you <laughs> mind games him. So you got me and you got one on me. I, I like was genuinely that. 50-50 between Salah and Aubameyang, but I thought I've got I've got to have the courage of my convictions on that one and I've got a captain Aubameyang and it came out all right in the end. Patreon.com slash milesoffsidepod if you want my uh, FPL mini pods. Yeah. Absolute gold like Pookie. No one else knew about Pookie. No one was talking about him, just me. No one at all. Don't look at Twitter. Close it, delete it, done. Don't listen to our FPS FPL special where I had him in my team from before FPS, the season. FPL. First person shoot him, shoot him players. Um, <laughs> first one to go is definitely Ryan Fraser. Uh, speaking of FPL, we are still going with our team in the league. <laughs> We're still going with it. I like that. After two weeks, we might have knocked it on the head. We have not quit yet. You guys put me in charge of it, so it well could fall by the wayside. Yeah, okay. I'm going to need you to email me that password. Absolutely not. (laughs) I've already changed it. Fuck you. It's mine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We are currently 12th out of 16 now. There's two new people, I believe. I'm just going to open it. Yes, we are 12th out of 16 in the Extremes of Stupidity and Genius League, which is the uh, FBL Roundtable League. Um, that they've done uh, from Stephen Toomey, who is part of the FPL Beer Club, and quite a few other illustrious podcasters and us um, that are in there. And we're currently on a 43-point week, lads. Well, this week, that's probably all right, isn't it? For this week, yeah, it's not the best. Um, We had Sterling as captain, we had Salah in there, we had Luca Dina uh, and Josh King. So really, again, our points come from three players. Anybody left to play? Well, my um, headband hero, uh, Alan San Maximan, was not part of Steve Bruce's plans uh, against Norwich, which is why, you know, obviously why they lost. Um, <laughs> not because they're absolutely terrible. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Mason Greenwood is first sub. Yeah. 
we rolled a transfer. Have we got any suggestions of what we're going to do with it? I mean, I don't like having a Newcastle player. Uh, well, I think we should do Fraser to Ceballos. That frees up, what, like 2.0? Yeah. And then we can upgrade. Greenwood's not actually getting any minutes. He got four. He got four. Four. Four, four of the Queen's minutes. Versus Chelsea. Not getting any real minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's still minutes. Minutes is minutes. Garbage is minutes. minutes against the team in 15th place is not doesn't count as anything. Okay. Um, so let's say Greenwood to like one of the 6.5 guys, Jota or Pookie, if we can afford him. No, we can't get Pookie. He's on the old bandwagons. So Fraser, Ceballos, Greenwood to Jota. Jota, yeah. Yeah, okay. So Fraser and Greenwood to Ceballos and Jota. That's like the opposite of Brexit. Um, <laughs> um, I don't like Fraser um, because he's small. Uh, he looks like a frog, probably smells. Um, okay, getting quite personal for the fantasy football team there. <laughs> well, I'm not that personal because like, you don't have to be in someone's immediate vicinity to tell they smell. Um, <laughs> don't want him. And after, like, the one thing that stuck in my mind from watching Match of the Day was I want Kevin De Bruyne everywhere. I want him as a friend. I want him to endorse the role of Casper the Friendly Ghost and just float around my house um, and have incredibly drunk uncles. Um, So I am going to go Fraser to Kevin and to facilitate the Kashish. Drop Dina to Lundstram. Um, because he must be good because he scored against Palace's defence. Hmm, I like that move. That's yeah, that's a nice move. Shifting shifting money into midfield. Mm. I tell you what, I'll do I'll do similar. I'll say Alexander Arnold down to Lundstrom. Oh, a three millioner. And then Saint Maximan up to Pogba. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't we go for Martial over Pogba? He seems the better midfield option for United. He's playing at number nine, bro. It's Ian's suggestion, Oscar, not okay. fucking yours. <laughs> yeah, and because Chuck so staunchly defended it, I'm going to do that too, even though Martial's probably the better option. Well, it doesn't matter. You want to spend the money, mate. You don't want money in the bank. Who wants money in the bank? Let's face it. No one. No one. So those are our FPL moves getting ready for the thirds of game weeks and to be honest because of price changes those polls will go out tonight so by the time you hear what we're suggesting it will be redundant so we'll have to make it quick because yeah lads friday night football aston villa everton oh fucking hell don't you just love to see it it kind of makes me glad that i'll be at an airport on a plane and unable to follow any football oh yeah i'm not here next week as well yeah you're on your own just me? Just you, Oscar. Just you. All right, well, tune in next week as me and Emily talk about Christian Pulisic for an hour and a half. <laughs> That's the dream. Uh, spoiler alert, that won't happen. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Aston Villa, Everton. Uh, shut up. <laughs> Do you hear her? Yeah. God, that's going to be a new USA, isn't it? Oh, fuck. Then early morning Saturday fixture is Norwich-Chelsea, which... Sorry, Oscar, that means Norwich is going to win. Yeah. Um, Brighton, Southampton, Man United, Palace, Sheffield, Leicester, Watford, West Ham, Liverpool, Arsenal in the 5.30, 12.30, whatever it is, East Coast kickoff. That could be a good one. Then on the Sunday, we have got Bournemouth, Man City. Pff, Getting dicked. dicked by Man City. Sp- 
Spurs Newcastle. Getting dicked by Spurs. Dicked by Spurs. <laughs> and Wolves Burnley. Who fucking knows? Yeah. Oh, we need to start giving out an award for the Burnliest Burnley of the week. <laughs> it's Burnley. It will always be Burnley. Well, no, this week Burnley. clearly that goes to Tottenham. Yeah. Point yeah. one to th- Definitely, yeah. Tottenham are our Burnley of the week. Yeah. That's incredible that Tottenham out Burnley, Burnley. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, what are you guys looking at for next week? Um, obviously, I'll take the easy one. Liverpool-Arsenal, big match of the weekend. Um, both teams have been underperforming their numbers slash overperforming numbers. I don't know which one I mean because those six beers are still working their way out of my body. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to go with Liverpool dicking Arsenal because it's at home. I'm looking to the fact that this wedding I'm going to has an open bar. Um, <laughs> that's mainly what it is. It is also on Saturday. I believe there's a break in the day. I'm hoping it's around the time United and Palace play. Yeah. Uh, maybe I can watch the football. I doubt at this point my girlfriend does still listen to the podcast. Um, I hope she does because it's nice to have her support. Um, Be nice to have a download in Lithuania as well. Yeah, that's true. We can chart. That, I mean, there's like barely any internet there. so We're not charting there yet, so come on. We'll chart. I'll, I'll make it big. Make I'll it be happen. walking around the wedding. I will get If it's an open bar, I will get absolutely fucking wankered. We'll be going around. I've got a blue suit. I'm down with the kids. Um, they all wear blue suits on Instagram now. Do they? Good. You guys going to beat United next weekend? No. Um, never beating them. Oh. That's upsetting. No. Never. Uh, so that's not happening. I am looking forward to Man City bringing down the thunder on Bournemouth and making Eddie Howe cry. Because I don't like Eddie Howe. Do you not? Nope. Why not? I told you last year he's a millennial pardu. <laughs> that sounds like that, something yeah. I would want to hang out with. <laughs> no, no, you wouldn't. Don't tell me what I wouldn't. Wouldn't, wouldn't, would or wouldn't. Wouldn't, wouldn't. You're right there, mate. He <laughs> lulls you in with his <laughs> sense of niceties on his lovely little South Coast team, but he'll dazzle you with the sense of Paco Raban <laughs> and Blue Nun. Sounds like my sort of man. I don't know what words you're saying. None of those mean anything to me. But are the Posh going to win next weekend, Ian? I don't want to talk about Peterborough. Hang on, I had to. I had to listen to fucking 0.2 xg. Well, what did Peterborough do this weekend? Uh, drew two two to Ipswich. Oh fuck, yeah. Ipswich. Yeah, we've lost. We lost our first two league games. We uh, are also out of the League Cup. Oh shit, that's early. Already first round, lovely. Who needs it? Yeah, by the time this goes out, we'll have already lost to Southend. Um, so that'll be another game. Honestly, I, I had such optimism and our 1.3 million striker looks has looked like a fucking statue in every game he's played. Um, because it turns out playing shit muncher teams like Kettering Town and Stamford and stuff like that, that doesn't prepare you for a League One season. Who fucking knew? <laughs> Um, the only te- the only decent team we played is uh, Barnet, who we beat in pre-season, and you lost to, I think, Chuck. Uh, yeah, just the six-two. Yeah, exactly. So that shows how much pre-season means. But I mean, yeah, I'm. It's it's no good at Peterborough. I mean, we I really would like to beat Southend, but like I say, by the time this goes out, that will have already happened. But probably. you you also went on like a nine-game winning streak at the start of last year. Yeah, did you not? True. And so you didn't get promoted. So yeah. sometimes in football, you just need to try something different. Yeah, maybe doing it the other way around. But I want to be winning by the time we get to MK Dons, which is the game on Saturday, because I fucking hate MK Dons. 
Ugh. Is he at least a nice looking statue, or is it like one of those Cristiano yeah, Ronaldo ones? Statue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. good. So at least there's that. Like one of those ones where you put a quid in a box and then he moves a bit. <laughs> moves a bit, yeah. Put 1.3 million in a box and he moves a bit. He better fucking move rapid. About as rapid as our rapid fire news stories, eh? I mean, they're your rapid fire news they stories. They are our so rapid fire news stories, <laughs> Chuck. Chuck's taking no ownership of them. I don't take fuck admin. Guys, I fill in a spreadsheet. That's all I do. Let's not beat around the bush as to the very minimal effort I put in week on week. But I'm also always here. So, you know. <laughs> that's true. That's Literally the only one who's been on every episode. Literally. Um, so, continuing on that point, we won't be here next week um, because I'm away and Ian's flying off on one of his holidays. Chances are, knowing his luck, um, there'll be a thunderstorm and his plane won't leave. <laughs> It'll be postponed for a month. Um, so maybe you'll hear Ian next week. Yeah. Uh, we'll keep you posted if we are going to do an impromptu one, but chances are you'll be without us for a whole week, guys. Mm. I'm sure you'll manage. I think you thought I was joking about me and Emily talking about Pulisic for an hour and a half. <laughs> Dude, no one will listen to that. No one will listen to that. Let's face it. <laughs> And so, and so with that, we find ourselves at the end of game week two. Here's to hoping there'll be a fucking better one because Lord knows all three of us can't deal with this shit for another season. Thank you very much, boys. Oscar, please take off those fucking sunglasses now. You look like a twat. You and you. Thank you very much for listening, guys. And goodbye. You